God body is simple. It means you see God when you look in the mirror and that the body of man is God and that there's no mystery God in the sky. You are God. Hey, what's going on, fam? Another episode of the Anabolic Mind where we talk about health and wellness with our all sorts of people from all walks of life. And today I have uh, one of my favorite people, branding expert, all around fashionista, and uh, with an impossibly difficult last name to pronounce. So I'm gonna just intro the first name and then I'll have Virgilia take over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Virgilia V something, but I call her VV. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. I'm so excited to be here. And by the way, the way you pronounce my last name is Virjoge, Virgilia Virjoge. Hence, lots of people call me Vivi. It's easier. Yeah, much easier. Yeah, but it sounds cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Very good. I am actually here in Brickell, as you can see, fabulous mm -hmm. weather. Looks so nice. I'm excited. All right, cool. Well, let's get right into it. We are talking up about branding strategies in the digital age. And you as a branding expert, first of all, why don't you give the audience a little bit of uh, info about your background in branding? So um, for over a decade, more precisely 15 years, I've been working with world-renowned brands such as Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, Saks Fifth Avenue, and um, Damon John from Shark Tank as well, which is one of my favorite entrepreneurs. And then following um, my uh, work with Dolce & Gabbana, I uh, continue to my projects in Silicon Valley. I'm very passionate about technology and helping to merge technology integrated with fashion, beauty, and everything else I do in branding. And during pandemic, I decided to go on my own and I created Vivi Global Partners why global? Because I'm a global citizen myself. I lived in three countries. I speak four languages. So I realized that we are all global citizens. So Vivi Global Partners aims to, aims to create strategic partnerships all over the world and help people to lead very successful lives and companies to partner in a way that will make them happy, but also will generate revenue, which is very important for every entrepreneurial venture. Oh, very cool. What, what are four languages? So Romanian, I was born in Romania. German was my second language. I ended up actually studying in uh, Bonn and Munich. French is my third. English is my fourth language. And I'm learning Arabic now, which would be my fifth. Wow, wow, very cool. Which one is the hardest to learn? Um, not really. You know, what's funny, after you learn a couple of difficult languages, Romanian is very difficult language to begin with. German was difficult. People say Arabic is difficult. I don't think, I just find it beautiful. I think the more languages you speak, you develop a system, just like with fitness, Mark, right? right? When you train your body a certain way, the same way you train your mind, you create systems in your mind and you kind of assimilate every skill set better and easier because you already have a foundation. So um, mm -hmm. Arabic, I think the pronunciation is quite intense, enticing. Ahlen was ahlen habibi kefalhal. What'd you say? I say, um, hello, um, dear, darling, how are you? Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Interesting. So you talk about systems. Let's talk about your uh, branding and, uh, system. How, what's your strategy for brands and how do you look at it in a systematic way to, to optimize? Because so many of us are out here, you know, we might have a great brand, but we're not presenting it as best we could. So we're not getting the reaction. So talk to people about, you know, how they can best maximize their uh, online 
in particular digital strategy? Of course. So I would say, Mark, like everything in life, when you want to generate success, right, whether it's a fitness or a diet or an entrepreneurial venture, you need a system of operation, a method, right? Otherwise, randomly, we cannot generate success, right? Results, if, if we are results oriented, we have to start at point A and know how we are going to emerge the next level. So with my uh, branding agency, what I did, Mark, after working for such a long time in branding, I realized that the reason a lot of companies are actually failing, it's because there's no integration between the business model and branding. Without having a solid business model that generates revenue, you cannot move into branding because you're not going to generate success and vice versa. Sometimes even with a highly successful business model, if you don't have the right branding, you are limiting your capacity to generate revenue. So VD Global Partners aims to capitalize first on analyzing the business model. So there are five steps when you work with me that you will follow. The first step is analyzing the business model, identifying precisely how you position yourself in the market, what the revenue is, and what changes can be implemented within the business model to generate more revenue, right? It could be operational system, it could be infrastructure, team delegation, and so on. And the next step is doing market research and understanding precisely how you position yourself versus the competition, right? Watch what they do and do better. I always say that. Then the next step is branding strategy. And then we analyze precisely based on how we position ourselves as a personal brand and corporate brand or organizational brand versus competitors. How we position ourselves in the market and identifying precisely what our brand trajectory is and what the content strategy is to ensure that we engage the three categories that I called audiences, consumers, and communities. The next level is the content strategy aiming to generate video content. You know very much, you know, um, Mark, how passionate I am about generating video content. And then the next step is, of course, uh, PR, public relations, media presence, and strategic partnerships. Oh, interesting. And, and, that, and that's extensive. And uh, how can, you know, it, it's difficult because uh, just like me, I'll take myself, for example, uh, you know, as a trainer and an athlete who's not super... Uh, tech savvy or Instagram savvy at all, uh, you know, in fact, you know, I, I'm, I'm just getting over my resentment because, you know, now I have to actually stop my own training to set up a camera and take the picture of it. But I'm aware that my business is not going to progress unless I do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting over my resentment of dealing with digital. How can someone acquire those type of skills or at least get the basic information as a, as a layman like me who doesn't know too much about this stuff? So I would say, um, you know, I was a perfectionist my entire life, Mark, until I realized that in order to be successful, we need a team. We can't just possibly do everything ourselves, right? Like sometimes we are so scared to delegate because we think nobody's going to do it as good as we do. So I would say hire a team. I recently hired a team of videographers, um, editors, uh, graphic designers, and it changed my life, Mark. Because as a brand strategist, I need a team. Same thing for people like yourself, right? Even if you have a limited budget, you will still need someone to edit and shoot your material, right? right I see right. a lot of content on social media, Mark, tremendous entrepreneur, brilliant minds with the most, I mean, I say with terrible content. What is this going to do? First of all, sometimes someone comes to your profile, gives you two seconds. If the content doesn't do justice to your brand, right, you can be exceptional, but the content is sloppy, is not shot correctly, uh, the message is not 
nicely delegated, right there you are missing great opportunities. You're leaving money on the table. So I would say, first of all, we do have tremendous opportunities. Our phone, if you are clever with it, you can shoot good content. But you still have to factor in that about 30% of your content should be shot and edited with professional teams. This is something I always hear, you know, entrepreneurs saying, I don't have budget for it. Honestly, put it on your credit card, but make sure you do justice to your brand because you're leaving money on the table, right? Because that's going to result in you lost revenue. So you have to take the money. You know, much like uh, uh, health and wellness is quite similar. If you don't invest the money into your health and wellness, you're only going to achieve a certain amount of wellness. And this is what I tell people. You can only get a certain level for free. So you either have to find a way to come up with the money, like you said, and, you know, invest in your branding. Mm -hmm. And as I'm uh, saying this to you, I'm saying it to myself at the same time, because this is an area I'm definitely uh, lacking in. So I'm paying big attention. I'm going to play this over like four or five times and take some notes. (laughs) after after (laughs) we finish. But before we go on, can we can we get into the outfit? I like what you're wearing. What's that on your neck? It's actually, um, so I'm wearing a, one of the um, uh, ch- chokers that my girlfriend made for me. And this is a Norma Kamali uh, dress, mm. actually. I don't know if you see it. It's, I, um, see. I, I really love Norma Kamali. I'm a huge fan. I used to work for her back in the day. Yes. She was the very first fashion designer that gave me a chance to transition from corporate world into fashion. And, um, you know, fashion is a big part of my branding as well. My red lipstick as well. And uh, yeah, so that's um, All right. What about the know. what about the shoe? What about the shoe game? What's popping with the shoes today? Uh, the shoes are actually pink. <laughs> <laughs> I you put me on the spot. Thank God I, I, I put you on the spot. Very very nice though. I but I knew you, I knew I knew you had the goods on. That's why I asked. You, you know you know what's funny It's just like people always ask me why do you always wear high heels. I say, no, that's part of my brand. I think people underestimate. Look, like I had no idea that you will make me show my shoes, but I think. That's part, you don't want to be caught. You never know who's going to watch this. And mm-hmm. God forbid my shoes were terrible. I would never get to endorse that brand. But if you have the nice shoes, you never know who's going to call you and say, hey, I saw you. Now, joke aside, right, Mark? It's very important to be on point. I always tell everyone, you cannot take a break from branding excellence. You cannot mm. go, even when I go grocery shopping, I look cute. Because you know what? That's part of who I am. I don't want people to see me not at my best. You know, right. like you with your body, right? You don't want to just let yourself yeah, go true. because you say now I'm a celebrity trainer, it doesn't right. matter. It would always, it will always matter, right? So that's part of my brand. So, <laughs> so, so leading in, because that's a good lead in to my next question, which is uh, how, what do you tell your clients as far as uh, personal appearance and their brand? as a brand strategist and they hire you, what do you say? And I guess that depends on what type of business they're in, if they're upfront or if they're behind the scenes, but let's say it's somebody who's, you know, a visibility, high visibility person. What, do you actually tell them about their appearance if they need to sharp, sharpen it up and how do you do that? Well, you have to be kind always. <laughs> right, right. right? I, I believe in kindness. And I think you have to, when you're truly authentic and passionate about something, people see my passion. Right. I don't think that I never had issues with people thinking that it's coming. It's not coming from a good place. Right. Right. When right. You genuinely want people to um, to get better. Right. They will feel that. However, you also have to be strategic. People have egos. Also, people are reluctant to change. We are all reluctant to change. Right. But typically what, what I do, I kind of present to them the opportunities that they are p- potentially missed 
without looking your best. Um, many years ago, Mark, I was strolling on Fifth Avenue in, in the afternoon and I was wearing a red dress and my hair in a big bun and someone from Versace actually noticed me and I ended up working with Versace for five years. Wow. They did not know, obviously, me walking on Fifth Avenue that I'm smart or that I love fashion. So personal appearance does matter because it could get you in the door. Now, of course, if you don't have the credentials, the expertise, once you get in the door, the dress or the outfit will not keep you there. But it's right. a great opening act. So that's why, you know, like obviously the person who saw me didn't know anything about me, but saw how I dressed. So I think that's why it's important to pay attention to the visual elements. Visual elements are a huge part of our personal brand always. Right. I agree. And it's, a, it's an interesting topic because I often end up training people who want to get more visibility to their brand by getting themselves in shape. And at the same time, they have that resentment because they're feeling like, you know, my brand is excellent. Why do I have to look a certain way to present the brand? I had this one client, um, uh, super high up he was in a, in a certain organization, but you know, because he was out of shape, he couldn't participate in any of the uh, corporate sporting events. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was causing him a problem because that's where most of the deals happened and he wasn't participating and it looked like he wasn't a team member as opposed to him not actually having the physical attributes to engage with his coworkers. And so, we worked on getting him in shape so he could actually, you know, play the baseball games and go to the bowling and not feel uncomfortable. And subsequently, he got advanced and it didn't have anything to do with his performance per se. But uh, I think people are, um, they, they don't look at the, um, the benefits of uh, social wellness and how you looking good can actually impact your financial wellness because you have to be able to feel comfortable when you're socializing. So it's not even aesthetic and it's not even a health thing. It's an mm -hmm. entrepreneurial and business thing. So I'm, I'm glad you made that point. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, branding strategies and uh, wellness because that's something that I need. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's talk about how big that, organ, uh, that, that, that business is. I think it's, uh, what was it value that? It's in the billion dollars now and in, in yeah. the hundreds of billions, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the wellness globally. And that includes gyms that includes apparel that includes food that includes cosmetics there's a wellness variation of almost everything right now so can you speak on that peace fam i want to take a break from today's episode to personally invite you to the winject community this is the community where i'm hosting all of my fitness challenges giving all of my tips where you can interact with me and my guests Join the community. It's 100% free to sign up. And uh, we'll see you inside, man. Back to today's episode. Peace and love. Absolutely. Um, I believe, I mean, the wellness industry is taking over globally. And for various reasons. Obviously, post-pandemic, we also got a lot of audiences and consumers enticed and even more passionate about fitness and understanding the value of health and wellness more than ever. Right. However, we live in a country, as you say to yourself, you educate your, your audiences quite often on your social media platforms that we don't take advantage of the availability of all these great wellness products that we have of fitness industry. Right. But I would say what happens on a global scale is emerging, first of all, out of desire to monetize. Right. We live in a world that where, where we when we talk, whether we talk about beauty industry or fashion or wellness, fitness, it's all about making money. 
we are in the business of making money, whether we like it or not, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. um, the element that factors in with wellness, I think there's so much product out there, Mark, what concerns me because of the power of marketing and branding. We see if there's a lot of, you know, strong budgets put behind certain products, even though the product might not be good, because it's so highly advertised, now it's becoming dangerous, right? right? And again, because we are factoring in and we are prioritizing money, we don't think about people's health, right? So we discuss this often, right, Mark? It's very important to be mindful about what you put in your body. And it's hard when you go on social media to say no to certain products because you literally get bombarded with certain um, marketing campaigns. And you think, let me try it. Right. So I would say what's very important with the wellness industry, really hire great trainers, great doctors to to coach you, to advise you. Even if you don't have budget, you cannot compromise on your health. Health comes first. Right. If we are not healthy, we cannot operate. So I believe we have to do our diligent research and identify who is the expert and who is the wannabe out there. On social media platforms in the wellness industry, Mark, there are people, some of them with millions of followers, they have no business to teach fitness. They got certified overnight. How long it took you, Mark, (laughs) to get to the level where you help high high caliber celebrities, right, to lose 150 pounds? How many years, decades, right, to get to this level? This cannot be acquired overnight, this knowledge, right? Well, you know, it's challenging. And yes, I've been training. I appreciate that. I've been training people since 1992. I'm super old. And I just wanted to uh, comment on my uh, outfit, $5 Hanes right now, and some uh, flip-flops. <laughs> but anyway, we're not going to get into my... I don't, you, you don't want to see flip-flops. And TV shoes are, your shoes are looking much better. But yeah, um, I wanted to comment on that because uh, uh, that's, that's, that's great that you said that. You mentioned that um, it's very difficult to differentiate quality brands from inferior brands because a lot of mm-hmm. the inferior brands have a bigger budget for marketing. So that's a huge, huge challenge in fitness. And also the fact that the uh, consumer is not educated. You know, when you talk about the United States in particular, you're talking about the uh, most, uh, the highest obesity rate in the world. So it would stand to reason most people here are the most uneducated about health and wellness. So mm-hmm. even if you're posting something that's educational about health and wellness, it does, the people don't understand it, but they understand mm-hmm. the visual stimulation of uh, perhaps the inferior brand. So it's, it's, it's challenging in, in that sense at the same time, because you can't just educate the client and say, okay, you, here's what you're not getting. And then let me show you, because they don't have any idea where you have 60 to 70% of the population is obese. Yes, it, this is incredible, right? Uh, I'm, I'm still amazed. And also, Mark, now I have a question for you. Is it okay to ask you something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so we also see, you know, we all know that bodies are beautiful in all shapes and sizes. We do agree mm-hmm. with that. But there is an element where we get to a level where it, it goes out of the healthy range, right? As a trainer right. yourself. So I do believe that what social media platforms are forcefully imposing on people, the belief that it's okay to be any size from the wellness and health perspective, being a certain size, I don't know, a size 22 or so, you could die. So those are elements that we have to stop promoting and encouraging the young generation to believe that it's acceptable and okay, because this is about, it's a health matter, right? matter, right? Yeah, well, you know, people don't understand. I, I think for women, and don't quote me, guys, um, I think after 32% body fat, 
women, you are considered obese. And I think it's in the 20s for men, if I'm not mistaken, which I could be. But I'm pretty sure I'm off and on. You can, you can Google it or, um, or guys, send me a text or message about this show and, and I'll get you the actual stats. But I'm pretty sure it's around 32, 31% for women. You know, so you take that number and then you take African-American women, 60% of African-American women are 32% body fat or over. So they are obese, right? According to the statistics, right? So then you have the marketing people, like you said, it's all about the money. So the brands look at that and they go, hey, the majority of uh, black women are obese. So we're going to market fast food for them. And then we're going to tell the prescription drug industry to come in with us so then we can sell them the medication. So in New York and uh, in the United States, it's all about taking uh, using the people's ignorance as a consumer to make money off of them. When when you're talking about health and wellness, it's a very vicious cycle. You you buy the fast food, the fast food buys stock and prescription drug industry, and they keep using your money over and over again. They get you sick with the fast food, then you have to go to the hospital to use the prescription drugs and you're on an insulin medication or you're on a cholesterol medication because now they can keep you alive, you know, and, and you can still be obese. They have the tech now, obviously, because you see so many people obese running around, mm-hmm. but they aren't, what they don't tell you is that the majority of these people are in three or four different prescription medications, which is liver toxicity, intaking toxins. And then when you take that same person, which is fascinating and you go here, here's a vitamin that gets you healthy. They look at it and go, man, I don't know what's in it. I can't take it. And I'm looking at the person knowing that they were on three or four different medications, but you haven't had the same thought about the, uh, about the prescription medication that you're having for the natural supplement. So big challenge in the United States because it's just a lack of general knowledge about health and wellness to begin with. No, I, I think it's very important, and I applaud, Mark, that you are really investing the time to educate. And I know we might not get a lot of likes when we post educational content out there. We get more likes when we are being fancy. But at the end of the day, as professionals, we should educate audiences. As educators, we should also think about the young generation who's looking at this post. We have to educate them. And I always say we also have obligations and responsibility in this world, not just rights, right? We owe it to society to do good, to teach, to share our knowledge, not just think money first, right? Which happens often, unfortunately. And when it comes to wellness and health, this is non-compromisable in my view. So the, the branding strategies have shifted to uh, unhealthy alcohol. They're very good at branding. Cigarettes, they're very good at branding <laughs> because they have the budget. Fast food, you know, they're super incredible at branding. I think the health and wellness industry has to become more sophisticated in branding just to combat the amount of negative branding that there is out there and try to help to educate people. But at the same time, you know, when I, when I take a picture of me with no clothes on and I post it, it gets a whole bunch of likes. When I try to drop some knowledge, it's five likes. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's a balance of, you know, so, you know, what's the perfect combination, you think? Is it every three or four posts, you, you entertainment, you do something informative? Is there, I've heard of that jab, jab, punch strategy where you do two for one, you have two entertainment, then you have one where you try to sell or one where you try, how does that work with branding? So you know what's interesting, uh, Mark, right now what we see on social media platforms, especially your Instagram, they are changing the algorithm and the engagement dropped so much that I don't ever see your posts. I used to see your posts every day. I don't Same see, you. right? The last two, three weeks has been, I also spoke with my team. It's incredible what happens out there. I literally don't see any of the posts I'm interested in. 
they are basically mm -hmm. changing so much the algorithm that right now they don't give me the access to the education I want. It's just all these new people that come in my feed that I'm not, I have no interest for lots of paid ads. We are literally bombarded with paid ads. And it used to be like 10% of your audiences will be shown to you, of your followers, right? Uh, uh, no, your content will be shown to about 10% of your followers. Right now, it dropped to 1%. I would say it's wow. even less than that. Yeah. Um, so when it, com when it comes to content strategy for branding, we can no longer factor in a system as much. However, what we can do, create a content strategy. I'm always a fan, Mark, of having a content strategy for three months, six months, once you create a content strategy for three months, now you can say, okay, in the next four weeks, my goal is to introduce, let's say in your case, my new vitamins to my customers. I want to teach them to lose maybe uh, 10 pounds. They're going into the winter, whatever. And I want to teach them. So you pick and choose your battles. Once you identify precisely what criteria you are trying to reinforce, now the content strategy has to be designed around it. Because what happens when you have a broad direction, like every week you post something different, you're also confusing your audiences. So you have oh. to have a call to action, like a final outcome, a destination, right? A method of execution, but also knowing if I go to Paris, I have to book a flight to Paris, not to London. It's the same thing with, with branding strategy, right? You have to factor in, okay, for the next four weeks, this is what I'm trying to introduce to my audiences. This is what I'm trying to sell. This is who I am. And then you progressively change depending on how you see the engagement happening. I'm a huge fan of video content right now. What's performing tremendously well on Instagram, for instance, is Reels. The mm. Reels, they have to be a mix of educational with fun. For instance, I can give an example. For the last two weeks, I did a test myself. If I posted a beautiful video, I'm a brand ambassador for Luxie for the dating site. If I posted beautiful video as a reel, I immediately get a few thousand likes. If I post something about branding, which is very beautifully edited by my team is enticing, the number of likes is definitely maybe 60% lower. So right. the algorithm encourages because people are still not looking for education out there as much. There's a small segment, a small percentage of audiences that are looking. So the algorithm prioritizes, obviously, what, what audiences want to see. So I would kind of create my own content strategy based on the fundamental element that as a personal brand, as an entrepreneurial brand, this is who I am and this is how I want audiences to perceive me. So you have to identify, but I would say always factor in educational. If you're really passionate about education, let's say 60% educational, about 30% uh, entertaining, fun, and about 10% right. personal. It's also important to connect a bit uh, on a personal level with your audiences so they get to know you as a human being as well, not just as an entrepreneur or professional, because then there's no connection. The connection only happens at the level of the services you're providing, but you also want to connect on a human level. So that's why the stories, in the stories, you post a lot of personal stuff okay. on the feed. But even in the feed, once in a while, you should post some personal, because I notice my audiences in my stories are totally different than my audiences on the feed. Completely opposite. So you always have to blend in, but always factor in, well, how do I want to be known for? Because at the end of the day, it's not about what algorithm tells us whom we should be. We should know how we want to be perceived and the value that we are uh, wanting to provide to our audiences, consumers, and communities. No, that's a great answer. 
Okay, let's get into your fitness. I see you got the guns. First of all, let's see. Let's get it. Let's get it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right. So let's talk about your personal wellness. What are you doing for your wellness? What are you doing to stay in shape? And um, uh, what'd you eat today? Okay, so I will start. As you know, Mark, I love fitness so much that when I first moved to the United States, I went to, um, I, I took a personal training certification. I wanted to learn how to train myself better. And then for a, a, a couple of years, I was also in a spare time, along with my corporate job, I was a personal trainer at Equinox. But what I do for my wellness, I'm very mindful about my lifestyle. I eat very healthy 80% of the times and then 20% I also allow myself to enjoy life, which means mm -hmm. eating dark chocolate here and there. I know when I was training with you in New York, I had the poor habit of eating just once a day or so because I was stressed out with moving to Miami and so on. But right now I'm happy to share with you that I do have three meals a day and one snack. But I do factor in, right? So I have protein, I have vegetables. I eat, again, 80% of the times vegetables, fish. I eat some protein, obviously. Um, protein bars, if I don't have time to eat, I have something in my bag because you always told me to carry snacks. Right, right, I right. hydrate very well. Uh, I drink lots of water, not much alcohol. I would say only occasionally if I go out, maybe half a glass of wine. But that's about it. I'm not big on alcohol. Uh, one cup of coffee a day with almond milk or coconut milk that I make mm -hmm. it myself because I like to know what I put in it. I put inulin in it and uh, some different oils, whatever. And, um, and workout, I work out six times a, a week. Yeah. And now because I'm in Miami, I swim at least four times a week. I wish nice. I could swim every day, but because I have long hair, I cannot get it wet all the time. But I do swim so about three, four times a week, and I work out for six days a week, different calisthenics. I do the treadmill, I run, I dance, I do yoga, Pilates. So I, pre I keep it, I, I, I keep my, um, my, I would say my routine fun and engaging. But the next step, because I want to get to the next level, I will have to work out with you because the, the level of excellence in fitness, you need to hire a professional for it. Can we be honest about it? Yes, I do have biceps and I have a nice abs, but if I want to take it to the next level and feel and look like the best version of myself, I do need a professional, okay? And I know that I need someone like you to take me to the next level, just like with branding. Yeah, Only as much as we can do with our phone, but after a while, we need the professionals to step in. So it, it's true. It's true. It's only, right? but so good. it's only but so good my posts are going to look before I get, I got to get somebody else in there to get some help. Absolutely. But um, what do you think? Let's, because I ask, I often ask this question to a lot of people who come on the show. What do you, what percentage of your income do you think you, uh, you put into your wellness? What percentage? Peace fam, before I end today's episode, I just wanted to answer a question I frequently get asked. Number one question, how can I get my content out there? How can I interact with my audience? And my answer is always with Jack Studios. This is where I'm getting all of my stuff edited. This is where I'm posting all of my challenges. This is where I'm interacting with all of my fans and followers. This is where I'm giving all my fitness tips. This is where all the people, all of you people can interact with the people who I'm interviewing with the podcast. You can get better insight. I suggest you do the same thing. It's 100% free to sign up and I'll see you back inside. Thanks for watching. Is it, is it, 
15% of your annual income? Is it 10%? Is I it would 20%? say more this year, definitely more because I think you're going to laugh at this answer. But uh, about over 60% because I invested in buying an apartment in Miami. And can I share with you why? It's for my well, well-being and for my health. I was just so overwhelmed in New York City. I just could not, after two, de- two decades, I'm grateful for New York City. I just could not live a healthy lifestyle there anymore. I just felt trapped. So I invested in getting an apartment. Why? For health reasons as well and well-being and happiness. And this is all part of, so I would say this year, most of my income I put towards investing in something that elevates my health, my wellness, and my well-being. Um, with fitness, obviously, I do have a great gym and a great swimming pool in, in the building. Otherwise, I would definitely go to a gym, right? And I would go to swim, so I would pay for it. Uh, food, I eat very healthy. So maybe I'm not the perfect person, but I would say a lot of my income goes towards um, health practices, whether it's sports, outdoors, and also eating healthy and taking care of my well-being, right? Oh, yeah, your mental health is, is most important, uh, absolutely. It's very important, does, right? And also skincare, Mark, right? That's part of, you know, people don't factor in what you put on your skin is of high importance. I do my diligent research. I use Sunday Riley. I use uh, uh, Biosense. I use product that is really as clean as possible, nothing will be perfect, but what you put inside of your body on your body is of tremendous importance. So yeah, that, that factors in as well towards wellness expenses, right? Yes, ma'am. Agreed. Agreed. Um, next question. What for our audience, what should they out of their annual income be putting into their branding strategies? I would say it's not necessarily percentage wise, but we are moving very at a very fast speed into the direction where Web3 will replace Web2. Right now, we are operating on Web2. There's a lot of talks out there that the internet will become decentralized and the power will be given to people. What does this entail? Think about it in 1993 when internet was launched and people made fun of it. But then in 1997, I remember when David Bowie was giving an interview and he said, what internet is going to bring into our lives is both terrifying and exhilarating. I think it's going to change the world. And indeed, right? But when we think about it, digitalization will give us even more exposure. The attention span of the audiences, it dropped from like 15 seconds to eight seconds. Now it's between one and three seconds. That entails that your branding presence has to be so powerful that if right. someone clicks on something in one second, you make an impression. That is not about how much budget you allocate, but you will have to factor in that moving forward with all digital platforms, with even when you're going to an interview right now, we all know that they go to your social media platforms and they check. You have to have content that does justice to your brand. That means the way you dress, the way you speak, every piece of content out there, whether it's a picture, a video, you never know who's going to see it. You have to ensure that it's the best representation of yourself. So I would say invest in your brand, put a budget aside, even if it's a small budget with a few hundred dollars. I know I don't, I'm not a big advocate for hiring interns if you have a successful entrepreneurial venture. But if you cannot afford more, hire someone that can at least help you to create a beautiful content out there, right? I mean, 
the iPhone can only take you as far. If you have someone taping you, editing for you, right. you can do so. So I would highly encourage you. Digitalization is taking over very fast. And I always say our social media platforms are our digital business card. Right. Back in the day, people would give you a piece of paper and they would say, yeah. that's my business card. Right now, they ask you, what's your Instagram? Yeah, it's true. That's real. That's for sure. Right. And also for brands to hire you to endorse, you know, their product, they are looking for a certain type of content. Micro influencers are becoming very powerful, but micro influencers with the right content. Right. right. So it's not how many followers you have it's how you represent your brand. And, and, how, and how you resonate with your audience. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very important. So those are all elements that, you know, and audiences will know if you invest in your content. And I, I'm also a big advocate, uh, Mark, about the way people talk. I hear a lot. I adore Gary Vee. Right. And a lot of mm -hmm. young entrepreneurs say, oh, but Gary curses. But you are not Gary Vee. Gary, right. for, for decades, Gary has been has built such a successful and respected personal brand. He can at this point, he can do whatever he wants, but you are not him. You have to invest in building credibility, expertise. And then when you want to be a bit sassy, it's fine. But do not compare yourself with the top brands and say, if they do it, I can do it. You are not at that level. So I think that the accountability and responsibility factor, Mark, how we talk, how we present ourselves, it's something that I would love people doing it more. Mm, well said. Well said. So how can people get at you if they want to get their brand right after watching this uh, podcast? You're going to join the community, right? So then people are going to be able to uh, message you directly. I actually, I joined the community already. Okay, perfect, perfect. So but then please let me know if you can find me because sometimes with technical glitches. So they can DM me on Instagram. Uh, I, I use LinkedIn a lot. I actually have great interaction on LinkedIn. So either Instagram, which is my first, not my last name, on um, LinkedIn, you can find me under first name, last name. I don't use Twitter as much as I should. I use it to do my research, but I don't post much. But I would say LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, also my website. You can email me. You can. Um, there is a phone number there, and there's an email address. You can contact me. Contact me via email as well. And I have an online course coming soon, uh, Mark, because I really want larger audiences to benefit from what my knowledge and what I have to share. I'm very aware that not everyone can afford thousands of dollars to work with me. But if we put together a few courses, I think audiences, you know, it's about giving back and thinking about everyone. So um, I'm excited that I will be putting together. So I would say it will be launched uh, beginning of November and then uh, they'll be able to take that course and then uh, learn how to become the best representation of, our, of themselves out there. Well, that's awesome. You know, thank you for a, a very uh, insightful, uh, candid interview. I learned a lot. Um, I just want you to close out for the uh, female entrepreneurs out there. What do you have to say to them to give them some inspiration uh, for their branding strategies? And, you know, just say something for the females, you know, because I don't see too many, uh, too many guys advocating writing for the ladies. I always try to get women on here like every episode or every other episode. So we're not just having a male perspective when it comes to these things. So, you know, speak to the ladies out there. You know what I wanted to share two things with the ladies out there. Number one, in my career, unfortunately, I got more support from men than from women. I feel like a lot of women entrepreneurs who could have been more supportive of me have been quite mean during my career. But as women, we cannot allow other women to intimidate us other. 
either, right? So we have to truly stand in our power. And we have to find the group of women and men who are supportive of us, right? Nobody will, not, not everybody will love us or support us, but find your people. So for every woman entrepreneur out there, find the people that would, that right, you're right or die. They support you. They give you uh, constructive criticism. You don't want yes people around you. Find the people that are smarter, more capable than you, people who are kind, who are loving, who want to share with you. And they are out there. You just have to truly find them. Uh, number two, uh, be very mindful about what you post on social media platforms. You don't, if, if you're a serious businesswoman, you have to also be very um, intentional with your content. If you want to be taken seriously and you happen to be very attractive, understand there's a certain responsibility that comes with the type of content you post out there, right? If you're a woman entrepreneur, but you're constantly in bikini out there, you can't expect when you send DMs to businessmen or business other businesswomen to respond to you a certain way. So factor in very much the type of content and the type of presence you create out there as a woman to really generate success. Number three, which is highly important, learn to negotiate. Men are always very comfortable to negotiate and say their numbers. And I hear a lot of women, sometimes they say, oh, maybe I'm too expensive. Oh, they cringe when they have to negotiate often. So we have to just understand our value and stop getting intimidated by status quo. Stop getting intimidated by what other women do. Just find your place, stay in your power, and surround yourself with people who are kind, thoughtful, smarter than you. You always want to be the least smartest person in the room as much as possible. That's incredible advice. And with that, we're going to end out. Vivi, thank you so much. Don't go anywhere. Stay on. Um, and guys, that was a great one. I think um, Virginia, um, she put a lot of jewels in there, a lot of different, a uh, lot of different interesting ways to look at branding and to look at the importance of branding. So guys, uh, you know, really watch that, take notes and, um, and, uh, and analyze what she said, because we, she didn't get into directly what you should or shouldn't be doing. We should look at it as a brand. And I like how you just, you know, were objective about your assessment, whether it was male or female health or fitness or went against what was uh, popular. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times when we talk about fitness and branding, like I said before, there's a big resentment. So I appreciate your candor on that because your appearance does matter if you expect to get the social benefits uh, in, in society. If you don't expect to get the social benefits, then you don't have to worry about being in shape. But I don't think it's realistic. We all have to play by the same rules when it comes to that. So if you want to invest in your health and your business appearance based, make sure you're taking care of your appearance. Don't just look at it as a health thing. And you never know. By investing in your health as an entrepreneurial, it's going to end up having you live longer. It's going to benefit your health anyway. It's not like we're telling you to do a bad thing. You know, you should be working out and taking care of your vessel anyway. So with that rant, I'm going to end it. BB, thank you so much. You guys have a good night. Peace and love.